Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. As always, I'm your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports staff writer here at the Daily Bruin, and I have my two main men, Joseph and Jack, back on the pod. We're talking basketball today. Who, who, J- Joseph, the sports editor, the boss, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm happy to be talking about some basketball as this season gets underway. Exciting times happening over at Pauley Pavilion. Yeah, I think with the state of the football program, people keep repeating, it's basketball season, it's basketball season. Jack, senior sports staff writer, fourth year, is it basketball season, buddy? Basketball, 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 as my friend <laughs> Joseph Crosby said last week about a different sport. Yes, um, we were talking about basketball, 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 because... Get your own bit, Jack. <laughs> Specifically... Okay, you should be honored. That's inspiration right there. Is that, imitation is, that, is the highest form of flattery. There you go. So. There you go. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> UCLA men's basketball today. Um, they're two and zero. They have three wins technically, but one of them was an exhibition. Um, we're, we're we're doing this on a Monday. They have a game on Wednesday. This will be up before that. Um, but I'd say a mixed start for this team, despite uh, two huge wins, winning by thirty one against against St. Francis of Pennsylvania, and then winning by eighteen um, against Lafayette. Obviously, two very different games of terms of. of game flow and UCLA actually trailing in the first half for a lot of that game against Lafayette. Um, but we're, we're not going to like break down every single play, just big picture thoughts so far. Vibes? Um, question vibes? Question mark. The exactly. Vibes. Um, about this team so far, we didn't expect a fast start, right? We did not expect this team to be winning games by 50 points like the women's team. Um, make sure you watch our women's basketball pod. But um, is this kind of what you expected from the team so far? Yeah, I think they're, I think Mick Cronin is, you know, trying stuff out. He's mixing some different ingredients together, seeing what he can cook up. Cool. Uh, and he's still kind of figuring out what recipes are working best. What a, what, what a, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Jack, go, go yeah, for he's it. He's still at the store. He's collecting some ingredients still, I would say. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of these guys together. Clearly, it's a very young and experienced team that's going to suffer, certainly from the lack of veteran presence that it so you know, benefited from these past few years. Exactly. Um, and even with Adem Bona and Dylan Andrews back in the fold, and I would that um, Cronin has pointed to Adam as kind of the guy on the team this year. He's kind of the guy. He's the leader. Um, same thing with Dylan. I mean, he's now the starting point guard, taking over from Tiger Campbell after four years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like that's the state of the team right now. It, it's exactly how we expect it pretty much. Yeah, I think you, you brought up Dylan Andrews and Adem Bona. Um, I think they both kind of had polar, not polar opposite, but kind of opposite starts of the season in terms of Adem, the first two games looked phenomenal, right? Um, the first two being the exhibition and the – for, you know, the season opener on that double header. Um, maybe not his best game against Lafayette. Meanwhile, Dylan Andrews kind of does the opposite where, at least in the eyes of Mick Cronin, not the best game for him in the St. Francis game. Much better performance leading the team in scoring in the Lafayette game with 18 points. Seven of nine on shooting, yeah. which is really impressive. I think we, we talked about it in the season preview. Obviously, you kind of expect Adem to be at least an above-average player in every single game. And what's going to be the difference for this team is obviously the development of the freshman, Adaimara, Burke Buentensel. Buentensel. Yes, what he said. Um, but it's going to be Dylan Andrews, right? The, the, fa- the, the point guard of this team, college basketball, you've got to have a point guard. And, and Tyre Campbell just brought such a sense of security every single game, knowing you're not going to turn the ball over. You're not going to be Kirk Creasa with Arizona, you know, throwing the ball around, you know, making turnovers. Sorry for that stray there. Um, but, you know, you have that security with Tyre Campbell. Dylan Andrews, more of a wild card, right? There's no other way to put it. Not as, you know, 
just untested. Not as conservative with the ball, a little more, you know, Vic has a higher upside than Tyre Campbell just in terms of explosive. Like he plays more aggressively. Obviously, yeah. he's a younger guy. He's trying to temper his aggression with, you know, obviously the the more like sensible, like Cronin archetype. Yeah. Right. He's trying to be right. the guy that or presumably trying to be the guy that Mick Cronin needs him to be. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. And I think you can expect Mick to mention Dylan Andrews' name in every single press conference after a game because I think he's going to be very focused on how Dylan plays. He gave him a shout-out, said he was a lot more, you know, what you wanted to see from him in terms of shot selection, knowing when to shoot, knowing when to pass. Like he did say, I think the Lafayette game was very interesting because um, – Offensively and defensively, this team saw kind of a matchup they're not going to see very often. Lafayette on offense, basically five out, a lot of threes, a lot of perimeter play. Um, and then on defense, kind of the opposite, daring UCLA to shoot, like Mick was saying. And so it was, I think it took some time for the team, obviously, offensively to kind of figure out, you know, are we just going to shoot a bunch of threes because they're telling us to, or are we going to still work the ball inside? And then what he said after the game was defensively, staying with two bigs despite going against five perimeter players. Um, and almost costing them, at least in the first half. What do you think of that decision to kind of maybe risk a loss, or not really risk a loss, but kind of have a first half where you're losing a decent amount of the game just because you're trying to work with bigs and everything? I think if the game had ever gotten more out of hand than it did early in that first half, you probably would have seen an adjustment from Mick a little sooner. Mm-hmm. I think that he was probably thinking something along the lines of like, oh, we're only down by like three or four points. I can still afford to have these guys go out there and do this. Right. And so maybe he just wanted to see like a full half of that kind of game yeah. or at least as much as he could until he needed to put more guys in and like play from behind a little bit because yeah. then they switched it up in the second half and things just got, it was out of hand. I think the game ended on with UCLA on a 27-5 to five run. Like they were considerably better in the second half. And that was just as a result of changing the rotation. Yeah, I think it was clearly Mick's got a lot of trust in these guys even despite obviously the season being so young. Um, and he's willing to kind of experiment at this point and accept that those kind of risks that he's taking. I think maybe you could argue maybe he pushed a little bit. I mean, the team was trailing at halftime, uh, still trailing until around the 15th minute in the second half. Um, as Joseph mentioned, they'd go on a 27-2 run, I believe is what it was. That's what I saw earlier. Yeah. Um, but clearly, I think this, this team was able to find its offense. <laughs> it took them a while, too, but they did find some offense, and I think um, Mick will continue to show more trust in his guys going forward. Yeah, I'm putting a lot of kind of emphasis on what Mick was saying at the end of that game because I think we're all kind of curious to see how he's going to handle all these unknowns and I think we'll, we're even more so in the game ironically I think we're getting more of a you know a, a vision of what he's going to do based on what he's saying you know he said after the game that Adai um, he's like you just get him the ball he's, he's he said he's more skilled than Adem he just came out and said that um, which is probably true but it's just interesting for a coach to say Adem is the best player and then say this guy that we've seen two games of is already more skilled um, Mick's very blunt. Yeah, think, he is. is. It makes it easier for nice. a fan or it a member of the media. understand everything. Yeah, and, and so, so I think in these games coming up, um, they have Long Island University. We're expecting another blowout game there. Um, but then you have the Maui Invitational, and you're playing real teams. Marquette is a great team. Then um, Kansas would be next, most likely. Um, we're going to learn a lot about the young guys, right? And I think it, we're going to see it. I think that's why we're seeing two big lineups in games where you shouldn't be playing too big because you're going to have two big lineups against Marquette and Kansas, and you better hope that a die or one of the Williamses um, is able to help out at them in the post there. Um, we don't really need to talk too much about Long Island. I think we're expecting a win. Do we? Any yeah. shocker picks here? <laughs> no. LIU by 10? I, no. I don't think so. I don't think so either. For, for perspective, LIU went 3-26 and last year. Wins are against... Ahem. Sacred Heart. <laughs> purchase. Purchase? Like the a- verb? 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's a college game, and they have to play colleges in basketball, you know? And then, of course, can't Mount... can't play parts of speech. And then National Powerhouse, Mount St. Vincent. Mount St. Vincent. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a game they're going to win. Um, I think the, at this point, between now and the start of the Maui Invitational, it's like, when is Bearcat going to get cleared to play? That is... Because that's the... That's the the one missing link, at least at this point, in terms of what we have yet to see or st- start to see the glimpses of. You kind of stole my next thing as we're finishing up this episode. I do the segues now. <laughs> Does this team need Burke to beat Marquette? Yes. Yep, definitely. Will we see Burke? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the NCAA. <laughs> I don't think... I'm the wrong person to be asking that question, Gavin. I'm sure... That, I mean, obviously UCLA is p- pushing very hard for this, but I'm sure they're pushing extra hard to have him by... I think they'd love to have him by Wednesday so we can play a game before he has to go yeah. play Marquette in, yeah. in Hawaii. Um, I We'll see. I don't know. We're recording this on a Monday. Uh, we don't know if Burke will be cleared. Um, we'll d- just real quick, rapid fire. Thoughts on Marquette. One of the best teams in the country. They're ranked number four. Um, ha- you know... Great guard, um, great coach, in my opinion. Is UCLA going to struggle in this game? It just feels like they're not there yet. Probably. Right? To compete I, with a this team is, like this. This is a good get your feet wet for all of the freshmen of like, this is what it's like to play in the NCAA tournament. This is what the Pac-12 is like. This is what the Pac-12 tournament is like. This is a way of giving them that really early experience so that then when you know they play the rest of their non-conference slate, they can look back on it and be like, oh, this, this part of the game was harder against Marquette. And then when you know conference play rolls around, tournaments roll around, they have that experience, so they're not fully, fully raw. Yeah, it's definitely be a reality check. I mean, we're yeah. going to see you actually go against a quality basketball team, as you said, Gavin. Well coached, clearly highly ranked, the number four right now. And at the end of the season last year too, they were showing quite a lot of potential. This is a team that we knew was going to be good going into the season, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be a good test for UCLA and with Kansas as well, certainly. Yeah, Ken, Ken Palm eleven for all my Ken Palm enjoyers. Oh yeah, we'll be plenty of Ken Palm references. I'm a big Ken Palm guy. One thing I'll say, um, we saw last year with this team being UCLA, um, you know, a, a, no question marks in terms of the start for them. Three and zero, four and zero if you count the exhibition. They beat Concordia by thirty, Sac State by twenty six. Um, my math, doing this very quickly, they beat Long Beach State by 24, and then a 30-point win against Norfolk State. Obviously, a very experienced team, one of the highest-ranked teams in the country. Then they go to their, you know, their first real test of the season. They lose to Illinois, and they lose to Baylor back-to-back. So, I mean, if they're doing that last year with an experienced team, I don't think there should be very high expectations that they're going to shock a Marquette or a Kansas when they couldn't even, not hang, but they couldn't beat an Illinois or Baylor last year with a much better team at that point in the season. Um, so I think, you know, just quick thoughts. I think we're expecting at least losses to Marquette and yeah. Kansas. I wouldn't, yes. pen- yeah. yeah, I would pencil it in as a loss, but I wouldn't pencil it in in a way that's like a devastating loss. Right. It's just a, it's a learning loss. It's a very much a learning opportunity. Yeah. And that's what I think they're going to approach the game as. This team is not competing to be ranked number 10 in the country going into March Madness. They're competing to be a solid team throughout the Pac-12 schedule to compete for that title, but more so compete for the Pac-12 tourney and, and be playing better and basketball. Just be ready to play that level yeah. of basketball at that point. In the, the exactly. So three, four games in, they're not going to be playing Marquette level of basketball. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe they shock either Marquette or Kansas. Um, I don't see it happening, but um, I think that's a good way to, to end this episode. Uh, UCLA, not the biggest game uh, on Wednesday against Long Island, but then two huge games coming up um, in the Maui Invitational. As always, UCLA Daily Bruin on YouTube for the video version of this podcast to see the hair, to see... Can you see the brains? Because you're the brains of this podcast. Can you see the brains? Uh, Gavin, you can't see brains. Fair enough, but 
That's the brains. Takes the brains of the pod to tell Gavin that you can't see brains. <laughs> the brains, the hair, and the guy who just talks a lot, I guess. <laughs> um, you slay Daily Bruin on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud to listen. Um, dailybruin.com for everything articles, football, basketball, every other sport you can think of. We've got it. So please support us. And um, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for watching. You slay men's basketball. Big, big couple of games coming up. Thanks so much for watching. Take care.